0: Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby. Say the cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the cannel, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, So let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on, what you waiting on? Let's go. I always had this idea of what it was like to be a cowboy man. I just thought that cowboys dressed up in their cowboy hats and, boy, they rode their horses out there and they roped stuff every day and it was just this glamorous life. That is crap, too. It is not like that. When you cowboy for a living, man, it's like Ty was talking about. It's breaking water. It's cha- it's fixing fence. I mean, all of that glamorous stuff that you see on TV—your know, cattle drives across the big river. It, no, that doesn't happen very minute, like very much at all. One of the worst times out—the longest cattle drive. Cattle drive. I, we were uh, taking some cattle from one pasture to the next, and we went about seven miles and there was no wind whatsoever, and it was in the summertime, and those old horse flies and those little cow flies, I mean, like, they were all over me because I was riding drag. That's the cowboy life. If you really want to know, it's more like that than the other stuff. Now, there's some good points, and those good points keep us going, okay? But the cowboy way of life has been hyped up a lot. It's like, oh, yeah, it's great, you know. It's not real great. I don't care how tough of a guy you are. That ground is the same hardness, and it don't matter how tough you are, okay? Toughness is how much you whine about it, okay? But it's still a hard ground. It don't matter if you're experienced or unexperienced or what. A couple of years ago, well, it's been more than that. It's been a long time ago. There was a guy that every time I saw him, he had his lid on. And he talked about being a cowboy. Man, I wish I could find me a ranch job. I want to find me a ranch job. Man, that's been my dream since I was a little bitty old kid. I just want to be a ranch cowboy, and I just want to do it. I was like, well, go do it. He's like, well, nobody will hire me because I don't have any experience. I said, well, you just got to keep looking and just keep doing it and blah, blah, blah. And so eventually, man, that Ranch World ads came out, and he got hired on in Oklahoma as a ranch hand. And man, he was so happy. I seen him before he left and he was like, oh my gosh, man, it's the greatest day ever. It's the greatest moment in my life. I'm going to go be a cowboy. And anyway, he left and I didn't hear nothing from him from like three for like three to six months. I don't even remember. And then my cell phone rang one night. It was him. I answered, he's like, well, hello, cowboy. Hey. I said, how you doing? All right, I guess. He said, Mine. I- I gotta ask you a question. I'm like, oh, man, what's happening? He said, "Dude, I got down here, and I," he said, "I, I don't know what's happening, man. I'm working like sixteen, eighteen hours a day." And I said, "Oh yeah?" He goes, "Yeah, man." He said, "And I, I'm working all the time." He said. Uh, They told me it's just me. I'm the only ranch hand here. And the owner said, man, that they'd be here every day and they'd be helping everything. He said, I ain't seen them in like three months. He said, I'm doing everything by myself. He said, dude, I'm serious. I work so many hours a day. I come in at night and my kids are asleep and I've got to be up and gone before they wake up. I don't even know who they are anymore. He said, I ain't seen them in two weeks. I said, well, yeah. He said, uh... He said, my wife's always mad at me because, I, you know, I've got to get this stuff done. He said, I, I just don't really know what to do. He said, you know, they, when I took this job, man, they promised me that they would do this for me, and they promised me that I'd do that for me, and they promised it and that, and they made it sound golden, and, and it ain't like that. I was like, oh, yeah? He said, yeah. He said, I figured it up. I'm making 81 cents an hour. I said, yeah? He goes, is this normal? (laughs) And I just was like, well. But that got me to thinking, because just like Cowboy, there's a lot of hype that is with it. But I think that there's a lot of hype in the Christian life that we expect our Christian lives to be a certain way. And then when it doesn't happen like that, we start asking ourselves, is this normal? Because I didn't think it was going to be like this. So today, I've got about 10 things that maybe not all of them are going to apply to you, but there's probably going to be something in all of these that somebody, whether you're sitting here or watching online or or whatever, that you've kind of had these thoughts and you're thinking, man, there must be something wrong with me. I must not be doing something right. Okay, The first one is, I think it's like Christian hype that when you become a Christian, you're never going to get mad at anybody again. You're, you're always going to be happy singing praises into the get spirit hands all the time. It doesn't happen like that, okay? It's not like that. that that's like this hype. Okay? Life is not always going to be unicorn horns and skittles. Okay? It's not going to be like that because as Christians, even though we've given our lives to Christ, we've been baptized, we, we do everything that we try to do to grow in our faith, you will still have emotions. You're still going to get mad. You're still going to have some bad days. You're going to be happy sometimes. You still have emotions, but we are no longer ruled by our emotions. Because, see, everybody makes decisions, most people, especially in the world. And, and what I mean by that is people that have not accepted Jesus Christ uh, as their Lord and Savior. They don't go to church, they don't read the good book or anything. And I'm not saying that those are bad people or anything. But those people are usually ruled by their emotions. If they're happy, they want everybody to be happy. If they're mad, then they're, then they're you know picking fights with everybody. Everything is instantaneous. It's all a reaction to how they feel. Well, as Christians, we still have feelings. We still have emotions. But we're no longer ruled by them. Because we realize that there is something that governs us that is above emotions. That we understand that emotions may be real, but they're not real reliable. They're not an accurate picture of our faith or of what is going on in the world. The second thing that that I think is hype is that whenever you become a Christian, that your life, your work, and your marriage is just going to be great. That's not necessarily the case, okay? I mean, y- your life is not going to be magically all of your problems are going to be erased whenever you come to know God. When you start following him, you, you're, you-, you still got to live your life, okay? There's still going to be good days. There's still going to be bad days. There's still going to be rough days in your life. You know what? Your job, you know, just because you accepted Jesus doesn't mean that all your coworkers did. Okay, there's still people, and you come in a brand new person, but they're the same old, same old. And it's still going to be hard. Maybe to the extent that your life will be harder when you are a Christian. Now, see, that's a conundrum, because being a cowboy is the hardest thing I've ever done And it's also one of the best things I've ever done because the harder it is whenever you do it, the better your life is, okay? But most people think that all their problems are gonna go away whenever they start following God and that's not the case. Your marriage is not going to automatically become better, okay? As a matter of fact, marriage is hard and Christian marriage is even harder because you are trying to do the right thing. That's why Paul in 1 Corinthians said, look, man, if you really wanna know the truth, don't get married, he, you think I'm joking? He said that, man. If you're single, you want to stay away from a parcel of trouble? Stay single. And, I, and I'm not going to negate what Paul said. Now, I love my wife, and I wouldn't trade it for the world. But the people that are giggling are those that are married. <laughs> they know, right? It's hard. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that things are going to be easy doesn't mean that your life is going to be easy. It doesn't mean that, that your work is magically going to explode into something. You still have to show up to work every day. It's still a struggle. The third thing is that when you become a Christian, that you don't sin anymore. Christians are not immune to sin. They're just not controlled by it anymore. We still face the same temptations that everybody does. The temptation to get mad or to do things that that go against God's word just because you're a Christian doesn't give you some magical ability. Now, I did say, man, when you're a Christian, that we should turn from that sin and that he'll always, and a lot of people say, well, God won't give me anything more than than I can handle. That is bull right there. God will always allow things to happen to you that's more than you can handle because if you could handle it, you wouldn't need him and every single one of us. Need him Now, the Bible did say that he'll never let a temptation come upon you that he will not give you a way out of to the extent that you might have to turn around and run. I mean, think about Joseph. That's what happened to Joseph whenever he was sold into Egypt and he was in Potiphar's house. That old wife, man, she wanted a piece of old Joseph. I guess he's a pretty handsome cowboy. And she put the moves on him and he wouldn't do anything about it. And anyway... To get away from her, he ran out the house without his britches on. I mean, she she done tore the britches off of him, and he still ran out. And it kind of got into a wreck after that. He ended up in prison, so stay away from that, okay? But the point is, is that we're not immune to temptation or sin. We've just been called to be above it. It no longer has power over us. That does not mean that it ain't whispering in our ear every day. That old deal of if you're a Christian that you don't sin anymore or that that it doesn't tempt you, that's hogwash. But you have been given a power to rise above that. The next one is that Christians do get sick and die. Christians do get sick and they die. That doesn't mean that they've done anything wrong. It doesn't mean that you've done anything wrong. This is a fallen world we live in. Christians get sick and die. Here's the deal. Unless Jesus comes back, every single one of you and every single one of the people you love are going to eventually get sick and die. And no amount of praying inevitably is going to stop that. Every, every Christian that's ever died has had godly people pray over them and ask God to heal them. Christians are going to get sick and die. It doesn't mean that we've done anything wrong. Christians are going to get sick, and they're going to die. But here's the deal. Christians know that death is the beginning of perfection, not the end of it. That there's more to life than this. As a matter of fact, when a Christian dies, that's the beginning of perfection. Yet it's really, really hard on us that that they leave behind, but man, they get to go be with Jesus. And ultimately, that's what we all want to do. So just because a Christian gets sick and dies doesn't mean that that's necessarily a bad thing. It's a hard thing, but it's not a bad thing. This Christian hype that, well, why why didn't God heal my loved one? Well, he did heal him. He's with him now, where there is no more pain, there is no more suffering, there is no more greed, jealousy, Envy, spite, coconut, what are you, all of that stuff. Here's another one. If you become a Christian, you know what to do every single day. No, you don't. Half the time people ask me, they're like, so what do you do? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you think I know what I'm doing every day? M- me and Ty both are like, well, what should we do now? We don't know. What we do is we rely on God every single day. Sometimes we do that really good, and sometimes we get ahead of him. Sometimes we get behind Him. What we try to do is stay right beside Him. Just because you're a Christian now doesn't mean that you're going to know everything that you're supposed to do. As a matter of fact, most of the time, what Jesus, He's not going to fill you in. In Psalms, it says that your word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. Now, back then, they didn't have these three million candlepower spotlights, okay? They had this little bitty oil lamp like a Zippo lighter to walk to the outhouse with. Now, how much do you think that lit up? It didn't light up very, very far. And I think God does that on purpose because if we saw some of the hard times coming, we might go the other way. But when we... There's always a blessing on the other side of those hard times that keep us going. You're not going to know what to do every single day. Some days you're going to walk around like, what am I doing? That's okay. We've all been there. It's normal. When you become a Christian and you start following God, you don't automatically know where to find everything in the Bible. Okay? I have people contact me all the time. They're like, hey man, you, you know where to find in the Bible about this? And I'm like, you bet. I type into Google, what does the Bible say about greed? And it gives me a list of about 100 websites that list every verse on there, and I look smart. Okay? Look, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that the Bible is downloaded into your brain that you can just start spouting off King James Version, Philippians 9.49 or whatever. You don't do that, man. You've got to work at it. You're you're not going to automatically, just because you're a Christian, know what the Bible says. That's why you're supposed to go home and read the good book, okay? And here's a little hint. You're not really going to want to read the good book because it's hard when you first start going. But I guarantee you, if you've never swung a rope in your life, the first time you swing it, you're going to hit yourself in the head with it, okay? Okay. But if you wanted to do that, you would keep practicing and keep practicing and reading the good book, praying, following God is no different. Nothing comes automatic just because you are saved now. Just because you're following God doesn't mean that everything is going to be real simple. Did you know that even Christians could find something else to do on Sunday mornings? Okay? I mean, we, all of y'all that are here right now, Every one of you that are here right now, all of you that are, that are watching online, those that are listening on the radio, you chose to be here. I know every single one of you could have done something else this morning. And just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that those other things go away. They don't just automatically, you're going to be like waking up, well, I'm a Christian now. Now... I, I, I want to go to church, and there's nothing going on on any Sunday. There's always something going on. But we have to choose what we're doing. We choose to give God the day he gave to us. Think about this. Have you ever looked at a calendar? Sunday is over here. Saturday is over here. Well, actually, that's on my point of view. But from your point of view, it's this way. It's Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Saturday. Sunday is actually the first day of the week. I love God. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole, you know, Sabbath deal and everything, but even God worked six days and rested one. Now, here we usually celebrate and we have church on Sunday and stuff, but that's what God wants us to do also. He wants us to work six days and then work one. I mean, rest one. And think about it, Sunday is the first day of the week. Isn't it phenomenal that God says, okay, new week starting out, take a day off. I love him. He wants, the first thing he wants us to do every week is relax. Give the day to him. Quit worrying about everything that is going on, all of those. What am I going to do? You know, we spend so much time worried about tomorrow that we never enjoy today. And today, God wants us to enjoy Sunday, to enjoy coming here, choosing him and coming and worshiping him and learning about him and, and, and learning how to follow him every day. Not because it's all going to be roses and unicorns, but because it is hard. But now we've got somebody that's there with us all the time, taking care of us. Do you know, Christians... Just because you accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, doesn't mean you're going to make more money next year. Okay? As a matter of fact, I became a preacher and took a $100,000 a year pay cut. No joke. I did. Never been happier. Never made less money. Never been as happy. Isn't that crazy how that works? But there's this, there's this uh, kind of hype that, that God, and God does show us favor, and I believe that God blesses the people that he follows, but it ain't always just with money, okay? There's other things that he blesses us with, stuff that isn't going to be destroyed by moth and rust, but things that are eternal, those are the true blessings, You're not automatically, you know, I mean, this prosperity gospel, I believe in the prosperity gospel that God prospers us, but it's not just with money. And sometimes he prospers us without money. And when you truly experience that for the first time, it's amazing that what he said when he said, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be given unto you. Man, that is great that he gives us what we need. Now, my wife says she needs shoes, and she doesn't always get them, okay? Sometimes what we think we need and what God knows we need are two different things. I still need that living quartered horse trailer that hasn't happened, and it probably hasn't happened for a reason, because I probably don't need it. Here's another one. Do you know when you're a Christian, you're going to have a hard time dealing with people? You're not immune to nod heads when you're a Christian, okay? they're still hard to deal with. But, you know, there, there's this mentality out there. You know, in the first grade, and I've got, a, I've got a vivid recollection of this, first and second grade, on our bulletin board at Reagan County Elementary, there were these words, Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You know there was no school shootings back then? We didn't have such thing as that. Now, we beat each other up and punched each other in the face some But we didn't have no school shootings. And we had, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And it was called the golden rule. And I was probably in high school or college before I realized that that was was a quote from Jesus out of the Gospel of Matthew. Do unto others others as you would have them do unto you. There's still going to be knotheads, but the way that the world says to deal with people is, I'll treat you like you treat me. That is not what the Bible says. The Bible says you treat people the way you'd like to be treated. It doesn't matter how they're acting. You be the bigger person. And that is not easy when somebody being a a plumb fool around you. But we're still called to treat others as we would like to be treated and how they're acting doesn't have anything to do with it. All this Christian hype that everything's just going to be rosy isn't true. It's going to be hard. And it's going to be better. We're near the end. We're like, A third of the way through, so y'all just bear with me. That's not true. I'm joking. One more. Even if you're a Christian, you don't magically just wake up and follow God every day by accident. You don't just wake up and be like, man, I didn't even realize it. Man, I've been following God and doing everything he said for like three years, and I didn't even know it. That does not happen. Nobody is going to get to heaven by accident. Man, I was such a good fellow that... I don't even know anything about God, but I was such a good fellow, I ended up here. It ain't going to happen. Just because you're a Christian, being a Christian doesn't automatically come. You have to choose to follow God every single day. And there's going to be a thousand things that come upon you to try to keep you from doing that. Every single day, you have to wake up. And intentionally, deliberately say, you know what? No matter what happens today, I'm going to follow God. And those are the people that their faith, those are the people that make a difference. They're not making a difference because they just did it by accident. They woke up that morning and they said, God, I'm going to give you everything today. It's not about me. It's about you. And it's not going to be easy. And, and I know a lot of you, probably everybody here has bowed their heads has said a prayer, has tried to read a little bit of the good book, comes to church every now and then. Look, there's a thousand different things that will try to keep you from all of those. But if you truly want a better way of life, I didn't say an easy way of life, I said a better way of life. If you truly want to spend eternity in heaven, if you truly want to experience true peace in your heart, if you truly want to experience a, a forever with no pain, no suffering, no greed, no envy, no jealousy, nothing bad, eternal, where it is perfect. It's not eternity isn't the extension of time. Eternity is the absence of time forever with your loved ones that wanted the same thing. You have to choose it every single day, and it's never going to be automatic. Billy Graham or whatever your grandma or whoever it was that was like the pillar of faith that you know, you know why they were like that? Because they woke up every stinking day and said, God, I choose you. And y'all have taken a great first step today because you're here. Don't worry about how many steps it's gonna take. You just, the next step, when you walk out of these doors or you switch off your computer or you turn off your radio, what you do is you choose to follow God then too, not just when the sermon's over. When you get home and and your kids are aggravating you, choose to follow God then too. And when somebody cuts you off on the highway, choose to follow God then too. When you're working cattle, if you cuss a little, you still got to follow God then too. Choose to follow Him. Every single moment of every single day, whether it's a nice trail ride through the mountains with the pond and the little bluebirds, or whether you're getting pitched off on your head, you have to choose to follow God. It's not going to come automatic. That's Christian hype that just says, oh man, all you got to do is accept God and everything's going to be rosy. You ain't got to worry about anything. That's not true. Well, I guess you don't really have to worry about it, but you're going to. You've got to choose God every single day. You want to know why? Because He chose you. Not the one sitting beside you, not the one behind you, not the one up on stage. He chose you. And He said, I love you so much that I'm going to allow my son to take your place and be punished for all the sins that you commit. And He's going to swap your sinfulness with His perfection. And now, You're going to be my son or daughter. And I'm going to take care of you. And I'm going to call you to something more than just trying to make it or get ahead in this world. I'm going to bring you up to another level, not to be better than others, but so that you can be a part of lifting others up also. That is our purpose. Jesus didn't come to make bad men good. He came to make dead men alive. And that's what he wants. You to choose Him. The God of all infinity that can have anything, that can speak anything to existence, you know what He wants from you. The only thing He wants from you is you to choose Him because He chose you. And that is the good news. Your life is going to be tough. And I don't care what kind of hype that, that, that you've believed or you've heard or something, The Christian life is not all hype, but it is great, and it is hard. And any Christian that has made it to the end, that race that Paul talks about, that trains and makes it and perseveres, not despite problems, but through them, will tell you the same thing, that the Christian life is the hardest thing that they ever did, and that it was the best thing they ever did. Will it be the best thing you ever did because what I've tried to tell you today is it some of these things that you felt in the past that you, you may be asking is this normal there's nothing wrong with you there's nothing wrong with you everybody's felt like that sometimes many times you're not gonna feel any different just because you're following God now doesn't mean that, that you won't feel things you're not gonna feel any different but you are different Inside, your spirit is different. You're no longer a slave to sin, and you are not alone, and you have a choice. You have a Savior, and you have a calling. What are you going to do with it? Moses, before the people went into the Promised Land, said, I set before you his last speech to all the Israelites. He said, I set before you a choice, a choice between life and death. And if I may be so bold as to summarize the great prophet Moses, he said, Choose wisely. What will you do with your choice today? Will you believe the hype, and when the hype doesn't happen, you quit? Or will you just say, you know what? I know the truth. I know my God, and I'm going to choose him every single day, and I'm going to follow him from today on out, and I'm not going to get too discouraged and quit whenever things don't necessarily go my way because I know that God's plan is a good plan, and I want to make it to the end. I pray." that y'all will leave here today and choose him. Let's go to him in prayer. God, thank you so much for choosing us, of calling us by name. Nobody is here by accident. We can look back on our lives, God, and see that, that even when we weren't following you, you were calling us and guiding us. And here we are today. We're hearing your message, and we're choosing you today because you chose us first. You swapped your son's life for ours so that we could belong to you, so that we could know you and ride with you and rise above all this petty stuff that goes on in the world. Not to be better than anybody else, but to be on a rescue mission to drag people out of the of the muck and the mire of sin and selfishness like we've been raised up out of it. God, I pray for strength for all of those that are choosing you today. God, lay on them the peace. It, They know it's not going to be easy, but they will know that it's worth it. Because when we finally see you face to face and there is no more pain, there is no more suffering. All of this that we'll have gone through, we'll look back on that if it's possible and say we'd have done it 10 times harder if just to know the perfection that we will receive in the end. God, thank you for loving us and sending your son. And it's in Jesus name I pray. Amen.